<clears throat> Hello. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 134. I'm Tyler, and I'm here with Matt. Matt, we're still in 2023, but the mm. audience, Happy New Year. Yeah, they've crossed the... The international dateline. International dateline. That's not true. We're not recording this on December 31st. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I hope we make it there to join you. Yeah, hope we don't die in the next three days. Well, you're flying between now and then, so you're in more danger than me. Mm. I have to preach, though, so that, you know, Ooh, yeah. we'll see if I make it through that. Different kind of danger. Yeah. Um, Got any plans for New Year's Eve? I don't know. I think we were doing something. We were going to be doing something with Emily's family. Hmm. But now I, I thought I heard that maybe we weren't. But some of my old camp friends are hanging out. But also, like, there's just a lot of... I got options. I'm a popular guy on New Year's Eve. That's not actually true. But this year, there's a lot of things that maybe I'll be at. I don't know yet. I can buy that, that you're a popular guy on New Year's Eve. Okay, you can buy um, it all you want, but I don't know if it's actually true. Are you uh, are you always staying up to, like till midnight? Yeah. Do you go to bed before midnight? Yeah, for the last several years, have like every year. Yeah. I just feel like it's nice to have like little special things. Like, oh, yeah. not necessarily like, I you know, I think as I get older, I will enjoy it less and less in the morning. But I just kind of like the natural rhythm of like, all right, well, there's a night we're staying up late, built into the schedule. Yeah. Now, when I was your age, I felt the same way. Uh, I felt one. like I missed out if I didn't like stay up till midnight. What changed? Uh, I don't know. You got sleepier. At, at, at some point, I think you started valuing sleep more than um, watching Ryan Seacrest. Oh, I don't watch Ryan Seacrest. Oh. I'm more about the like the hangs being with people. Oh, maybe that's maybe I just uh, started losing friends. That's probably it. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to get you to that place, but okay. Are we sponsored in 2024? Did everyone leave? Uh, no, not yet. <clears throat> uh, there, At least one place is willing to still sponsor us. So this is a new sponsor, which most of our sponsors are first-time sponsors. Um, the, the sponsorship for the first episode of 2024 is from a place called Babcock Floral in Chanhassen. Uh, I don't remember noticing them. Is that... Ring any bells for you, Babcock Floral? At what point have you are you going to have made up enough sponsors to be like more than are actually in Chanhassen? <laughs> I don't know. But <clears throat> Babcock Floral has been serving the community since 1942. Babcock Floral knows... They started during World War II. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they did. I wonder what went into that, the thought process there. Everyone's sad about the war. Let's yeah. give them some flowers. Yes. Good. That's a good thought, actually. Babcock Floral knows how important a first impression is. Don't let the drabness of your home spoil the experience for your guests. Dress up that living room with a fresh floral uh, package, a fresh floral package from Babcock. Change it out seasonally. Use pansies, roses, dahlias, daisies, tulips, evergreen branches, fresh spruce, tiger lilies, all your favorites. Call Babcock when you need wedding flowers, prom flowers, sympathy arrangements, and makeup flowers. Mm. Mm. Babcock flowers, your friend in floral. All right. Thank you, Babcock. So, Matt, what are we doing today? Uh, we are going to try oatmeal, and we're going to talk about the New City Catechism. Why are we trying oatmeal? Well... Yours looks so gross. <laughs> I was going to say, yours... So... Let, let's okay. explain why we're doing this first. Okay. Why are we doing this? It's our New Year's resolution. Okay. Yeah. Our New Year's resolution is to try uh, a new food. 
Yeah. Well, I think food we don't like. Yeah. So we were talking, I think at lunch a couple weeks ago about um, how Matt and I are both pretty picky and someone, I don't know if it was one of us or one of our wives or children suggested that we should like try like a new food. Okay. And so then we said, oh, what if we tried a new food every year, like at like every year on the podcast? So this could be the first year of a tradition where yeah. like each year at the first episode of the year, we try a new food. But then apparently our wives have been saying that we should try a new food every month, yeah. which that feels like a lot for me because I don't anticipate myself liking many of these foods. Well, isn't that the point though? Yeah. It makes, it makes for, uh... Well, and I do say I want to be guided by what the listeners want. So I don't know if I can really fight it too hard, but regardless, neither of us like oatmeal. So, yeah. so we're trying oatmeal today. Matt, Yeah. have you ever had oatmeal? Yeah, I think I have. I couldn't say, yeah, yeah. I don't remember an oatmeal experience, but somewhere along the line, yes. I think I have tried it and decided this is not my favorite thing. I think I'm the same. I don't remember ever eating oatmeal, but I'm sure I have. Like, I cannot have, like, like my family ate oatmeal. I'm sure that my mom had me, tr- sorry, mom. I'm sure that my, starting off the year strong. I'm sure that my mom had me try it sometime when I was younger and I didn't like it. Yeah. I don't think we ate a lot of this when I was younger. It was probably a college cafeteria experience. Yeah. And you know how that can be college cafeteria. Oh, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's not exactly the the prime experience with any food. Yeah. Um. So I'll set the stage here. I was going to say, we need to evaluate what we're looking at right now. Yeah. I've got what I'm calling oatmeal in a mug. <laughs> Dude, I don't think you put yours in for long enough. I think you're right. So, His looks super watery. Yeah. So it was quite an experience just trying to make oatmeal. Yeah, <clears throat> Emily, Emily came in and gave us two bags of oatmeal. And I was like, Matt, we should make these together so that we can get the full experience. So we played around <laughs> in the kitchen and read the packaging and didn't really know what to do. Yeah, it basically it was two guys standing next to a microwave making some guesses and dumping oatmeal powder into a container. Yeah, he dumped oatmeal. He gave us two. He gave us each a cup, but the cup isn't like super big. So we put two thirds of a cup of water and you can get all the oatmeal in it. So then I got a bowl and yeah. dumped my water in a bowl. I think Tyler wins the preparation. I don't know. Segment. <laughs> but I overwhelmed. I, I overflowed my bowl in the microwave. So I had to clean up oatmeal out of the microwave. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler has oatmeal like dripping out the side of his bowl. Yeah. Um, and the microwave took a took a big hit as well. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I win just by virtue of not making a mess in the microwave well we'll see how it tastes i mean what so what are you let's do pre and post right now out of 10 how much are you expecting to enjoy your oatmeal uh one okay at the most i am looking at this and i it doesn't look bad i mean emily gave us like some like maple flavored Mm -hmm. like i'm anticipating that i will like this Mm -hmm. which is surprising because i don't think i've ever liked it before Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say i think i'll rate it a six out of ten yeah. I mean, when you think about what oatmeal is, there's nothing really super objectionable, right? Yeah. I We're mean, really beating this to death, aren't we? <laughs> it's oats, right? Yeah. And you add some milk or water to make it uh, a little smoother. Yeah. Oh, we used water. We wish we could use milk, but there was no milk here. Yeah. So after you try yours and don't like it, you should try mine too. Because I feel like mine is like, it looks yeah. more like I think oatmeal is supposed to look. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's take our first bite. All right. Here we go. Three. Two. Wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can't even scoop it. <laughs> I gotta drain off the excess water here to get. Okay. Three, two, one. What? Is, what? I actually did not mind that. Really? Did you mind yours? Should well, I try yours now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can we Tyler, try each other's. Tyler's gonna try mine and see how he feels about it compared to his. 
Um, I I like mine better. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try Tyler's. I think I'm gonna like his better too. Tyler's is better. <laughs> what would you rate yours? Or what would you rate mine? Well, I mean, if mine if mine is a one, Tyler's is a five, at okay. least. So the first bite was good, and then I took a second bite, and I was like, oh, I actually don't like that very much. Could you see yourself eating a whole bowl of oatmeal and enjoying it? Absolutely not. And I found that out from the second bite because I went to, I was like, oh, maybe I'll eat more of this. And then I took a second bite and I was like, mm, maybe I'll take a third bite, but I'm not finishing this. Some pretty harsh diminishing returns, huh? Yeah. What, could you see yourself finishing a bowl of oatmeal after trying this? Well, I, I could see myself finishing a bowl of yours, but <sighs> not mine. Okay, I don't want any more. Do you want any more of mine? No. no oh, so no. you could see yourself finishing a bowl, but not that bowl. <laughs> Yes. Not the bowl that both of us have kind of been picking into. That's true. Uh, so I did a bad job on mine. It was not prepared well. Um, it was not cooked long enough. And there was too much water. So I got the ratio wrong. I got the <laughs> cooking time wrong. And as a result, the taste was subpar. And you're big into ratios, too. You like you're yeah. perfect with your ramen ratio. Yeah. Yeah. I measure the water. I do um, not measure the water in my ramen. I, I eyeballed it this time. It didn't turn out well. Yeah. Uh, so I, after trying it, I thought it was going to be a six. I think it's a four in my mind. I did not like it as much as I thought I would. Okay. Uh, would you be open to trying something else in February? Uh, yeah. I I will say I won't eat sour cream. But really? besides that, there's a lot of things that I would do. Would you eat uh, cottage cheese before you eat sour cream? But long before. I, I think I would be okay with cottage cheese, actually. I don't eat it and I don't think I like it, but I I would try that. Isn't sour cream really bland? It's awful. I hate it. My whole life, I've hated it. What What do you not like about it? The texture, the flavor, the look, the fact that it exists, everything. The fact that it was like snuck snuck into foods when I would go to restaurants. <laughs> like they don't they don't always put sour cream on the list of ingredients. Then you get it, and there's just a big glob of sour cream on top of your like taco, and it's awful. Isn't the consistency similar to yogurt or something? Like I don't that? like yogurt at oh. all. Huh. I would try yogurt though. So why do you like cottage cheese and not yogurt? I don't like cream? cottage cheese. I'm saying I think I would sooner like cottage cheese than really? those other ones because at least cottage cheese is like salty, right? Isn't it salty? I don't know. I I've never had it. It just looks gross to me. Like it's super chunky. And I think like, I used to have it as a, like a little kid. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe we'll try it next month. So <laughs> if, oh, if we do it on the podcast, I would try cottage cheese. I would too. So our oatmeal experience primarily negative. Yeah. We'll see about more foods in the future. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that, this is an off-air conversation about the merits of eating food. Let us know at Pull Votes Tyler, P-O-L-L Votes Tyler on Instagram if we should try food every month. Tyler, what is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own but belong to God? No. Yes. That is right. Okay, good. Yes, that is correct. That we are not our own but belong, body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you just come up with that off the top of your head? That is question one of something called the New City Catechism. Uh, the New City Catechism is uh, a, what would you call it? A catechism. A rearrangement. <laughs> <laughs> I would call it a catechism. Catechism. True. It is a catechism. It's a, um, it's a rearrangement or a modification of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is very famous. It's from like the 1600s, right? Uh, sure, something like it's that. It's like kind of old. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's quite old. It's quite old. Um, but but it has updated language. 
um, questions are a little bit different. Uh, Tim and Kathy Keller were instrumental in development and distribution of this. So um, it's 52 questions, the New City Catechism, questions about God, the Bible, uh, Christian practice, things like prayer. Um, and it's designed to give us substantial and true answers to very basic questions about Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so it's very convenient because there are 52 questions. Uh, we'll, we're, we're just going to go through question by question this year. We're not going to finish it this year, probably, because we'll have some special episodes where we don't talk it, about things it. just happen. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But ever since we took up the project of looking at each book of the Bible, that's been our primary content for, I don't know, what, almost two years. Right. Like almost two years. Yeah. So we needed something to um, take the place of that. And so this will be like a similar uh, type theological discussion, but it'll hit all kinds of different points, including some very controversial points. Yeah. So, yeah, basically what happened was we we finished the Old Testament and we knew that we were not going to be creative enough to come up with a different theological topic every week. <laughs> so yeah. Tim Keller did it for us. Yeah. So we have a ready made. And yeah, if we did one every week, we just that, that would be our 2024. But I don't I'm not confident that that's going to happen. So let me let me ask you about this. Uh, how do you feel about controversy becoming uh, something we engage on the Valley View podcast? Um, talking about sharing, sharing and talking about controversial stances on theological issues. I'm kind of afraid of it, mm. which is funny because I'm not afraid of conflict or controversy. Wow. It's just it's just scary to like put out my opinions on controversial issues mm -hmm. in a way that's not having a conversation with the people that disagree with me. Uh, Does that make sense? Like, yeah. cause if we yeah. disagree, like if we disagree on something on the podcast, we'll talk about it and maybe we'll agree on it by the end and maybe we won't, but we'll like, like, I will feel like you understand me and that I understand you hopefully. Mm -hmm. And that like, we can move on like, Oh, we disagree, but that's fine. Hmm. You, you, you maybe think I'm wrong, but you don't necessarily think I'm a heretic. You know, right. but if when I'm just saying my controversial opinions into the void, like people who are listening can hear it and say like, oh, well, he said that, which means he thinks all of these other things that I don't think. And uh, therefore he's a heretic and I can't trust him. Right. Which is like scary as a pastor at a church. Yeah. When it's a one sided thing and you don't have the ability to kind of address concerns or right. clarify your position, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So but all that to say. I've we're, we'll go through this and there will be controversial stuff that comes up and we'll see how much of a fence rider I am. Hmm. Yeah. Any, uh, anything you want uh, our listeners to know about your positions? About what? That's such a broad question. <laughs> well, I think, I think I Tyler... don't like oatmeal. <laughs> what? Neither do I. Uh, yeah. I, well, I think what I was going to try to draw out, I might as well just go ahead and say it. Is Thank that, you. Is that, uh, yeah, I think it's good for us to talk about things that are controversial that Christians may disagree disagree about and show that it's okay for Christians to disagree about um, non-first order things. That's probably a good thing to say right off the bat is that some things in the Christian, in the realm of Christian doctrine or what we would consider um, essentials. Matters, yeah, essentials, matters of orthodoxy. Yeah. And some things fall outside that middle circle second and third order issues you know we christians might even disagree about what is or is not like a second order issue yeah that's true i mean that's where this really gets tricky 
like, um, for instance, the issue of the age of the earth and um, the the timing, you know, how many days God created in, uh, some people make that a first order issue mm-hmm. and others are willing to say, oh, that's a second or third order issue. Yeah. Not essential to being a Christian. The way that I've been thinking about that late. So when I was in like 10th grade or even younger, maybe my dad gave us, hey, dad, gave us like an illustration. Mark of like three targets like the innermost target are the things you would like want to die for mm-hmm. like you would need to die for as a christian mm-hmm. the next circle out are things that you would kind of like fight for and the things farthest out are the things that you'll talk about but it's not really worth like fighting or dying for them they're not like hills to die on yeah the way that i've been thinking about it lately is the the center circle are like absolute like you need to believe these things to be a christian yeah and then the second circle mm-hmm. is like things that are serious enough that like even like a church could like split up over them mm-hmm. like because of different biblical convictions, like it wouldn't really make sense to be a church with someone who disagrees with you. I'm thinking like the, maybe things like the, the, well, I don't want to put things in the camp because now I'm scared again. But I mean, I do think that like something like baptism could fall into that second circle where like yeah. you can have a different view of somebody than somebody mm-hmm. about baptism and you can both be saved. Mm-hmm. But if you're very convicted that we should be baptizing babies and you go to a church that will not baptize babies, it probably doesn't make sense for you to be a part of that church, not because they're not Christians, but because they're making you go against your biblical convictions. Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. call that like second circle stuff. And then third circle is is things that I would say you can go to church and disagree with somebody about it and it should not impact your salvation or ability to be in a church together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it and a good explanation. Is there any like in terms of what's in that middle circle, the smallest center of the target circle things we would call the essentials if someone came to you and said okay what are those things how would you go about finding those things or stating those things for them (laughs) i would probably direct them to the efca statement of faith okay and then like work work in from there okay because i mean i like i've been in the efca my whole life and i Mm -hmm. agree with the efca on most not everything but most things Uh um Mm -hmm. but i would also say that not everything in our statement of faith like there there are a couple points in our statement of faith that you can disagree yeah with a part of and i would still be comfortable with saying that as far as i can tell you're a christian yeah you know yeah but i feel like that's like a decent place to start so it's things about like god the bible um salvation Mm -hmm. jesus um our eternal destiny like things like that yeah well, I mean, what would you say? Uh, I would probably pull out the Apostles' Creed and start there. Or maybe the Nicene Creed, very similar. Yeah. Um, and say, this this is the core. These are the essentials of uh, belief, uh, of Christian belief. Um, I had a professor in seminary that used to describe orthodoxy or the essentials as those things that have been believed everywhere, always, and by all. Hmm. So if you go back to something like the Nicene Creed, which is uh, 325, something like that. It's yeah, fourth it's century. Around there. Um, you've got a you've got a real good place to put your stake in the ground to say these are the essentials that have been believed everywhere, always and by all like this is unchanging um, from the beginning. These things have been the core of the Christian faith. Um, so I think I would say let's go to the Nicene Creed and take our stand there for the <laughs> middle of the circle. And um, I think that's better because it's older. Cool. Yeah. There would probably be substantive agreement between our two documents that we cited, but I like yours better now because it's older. Sure. Okay. That's also the place where I 
um, like to draw the line in terms of like fellowship with uh, like other pastors and churches. Oh, sure. Like, do they hold to the Nicene Creed? There's all kinds of other stuff that we would disagree about. Like, and what do you mean when you say fellowship? Let's have that be clear. Yeah. Um, I think the easiest example is like uh, I had an invitation to join uh, a local ministerial ministerial group, which just means like a group of local pastors mm -hmm. that meet together and take on projects together. Um, but the idea was that it would be an interfaith group. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so it would include uh, Christians, those that hold to, you know, the Nicene Creed and every, every other stripe, anyone that involved, involved in like uh, religion uh, was going to be invited uh, to this ministerial group. And I, I said, no. Meaning, just... meaning like, like Muslims, Buddhists, like other faiths yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Other faiths. And just because I've decided that I can't have like professional identification with a body of um, pastors or ministers that don't all hold to the Nicene Creed. There's like just nothing we have in common there professionally. I mean, we have our humanity in common, mm -hmm. but even something as simple as like praying together, like that would, you know, not, we wouldn't have any common ground on who to pray to. Okay let alone want to be identified out in the community with this group of people. You basically are saying to the community, we feel like we all believe the same thing enough so that um, we're willing to all band together. And what so, would you, what would you say to someone who responded to that and said, well, but you're not I mean, like teaching people something you're, yeah. you're working together for things that you as a Christian view as like good things like for God to be done. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you mm -hmm. join with that group? Because even if they believe differently from you, yeah about like about god yeah you are still doing things that you know are good things like according to the true god yeah that's a good question i think that the difference is um uh or the key factor is like what is the purpose of this group mm -hmm. um is it to be an outward facing a group that just organizes work in the community or is it so we can band together for like brotherhood fellowship mutual encouragement and support mm, sure um maybe it would be a combination of both but it was presented as more so the second thing. Okay. Like we're gathering as, um, you know, pastors, religious ministers, support. religious support group for the purpose of like mutual encouragement and support. So, uh, yeah, I just draw the line at the Nicene Creed. So in other words, I, you know, if there's a, a Catholic priest or, um, you know, someone from Lutheran method, all kinds of different denominations, as long as you sign on to the Nicene Creed, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm praying with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, identifying with you publicly yeah but you know not so with like uh latter-day saints or jehovah's witness um that's why i'm saying i draw the line that the nicene creed yeah and and you're sp so professional identification is what you're talking about right yeah, you yeah. said so mm -hmm. it's not that you wouldn't like be on like a school board with people right. of different faiths it's not right. it's not as though you're gonna like turn the other way and not talk to somebody who believes in a different religion like that's right. not correct it's about it's specifically about saying that what I believe and what this person believes are close enough that as a pastor, I'm, I'm saying this person's a pastor like me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, it makes sense to me. I was, I was being specific because I want our listeners to understand. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree yeah. with everything you said, by the way, the questions I was asking yeah. were like pretty like, like purely like devil's advocate. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, that's, that's important. Um, and as you know, uh, other pastors will draw different conclusions about yep. who they will identify with i think you had a conversation recently with someone who would draw a line in a much different place well yeah i mean i was <laughs> i was immediately thinking about that that like i 
I think when I think about drawing the line, I normally my mind immediately goes to people who draw it in a much more, I mean, I, w- I guess I would say conservative place mm-hmm. than you or I would. Because mm-hmm. there there are some that would say like, and th- this goes back to the term, like the term fellowship that you use. Mm-hmm. That like, if you're, yeah, I think to, to answer the original question, it sounds like you're thinking of fellowship as that like professional identification yeah. saying that we're the same in some sense. Yeah. Um, there are people who draw that line in a, at a much earlier point than you or I would. <laughs> yeah. The the person that I was talking to would say that, I mean, they were, they were a Christian from like a, a conservative denomination. Um, and their line was like, they wouldn't really be willing to pray with somebody who's outside of their specific denomination. Even a fellow Protestant. Yes. Yeah. Right. So like the, that, that person and I, we, we couldn't really pray together mm-hmm. in, in his mind because yeah. we don't have fellowship. We don't agree. Yeah. Or even someone from a more uh, progressive wing of their own. Yeah. Their own uh, denomination. denomination mm-hmm. Right. So not only drawing, <laughs> drawing a very, very tight line. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, so, maybe the follow up, like why the Nicene Creed for you? Why not somewhere like firmer Yeah. or like closer to what you specifically believe? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just in recognition of the fact that historically um, sincere, devout, faithful interpreters of scripture have disagreed about things like baptism and uh, the the Lord's Supper and things like that. And I don't feel like there's reason to walk away from them and say, you know, I'm not going to fellowship with you because you don't hold the same view of me as me on these what I consider second and third order issues. Yeah. That just at some point, um, you just don't have that many people left. Yeah. You know, if, if everyone, if the requirement is like, we have to line up on all these things. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It sounds like what you're saying. And I think the way that I would say it is like, I'm, I'm, I don't, I know you don't even though you should, but like, I don't think of myself as a humble person, but I'm like trying to exercise humility and understand that I'm probably wrong about yeah. a lot of things. Yes. So why would I exclude people from being brothers and sisters for, legitimate ways of interpreting the bible that i disagree with yeah you know yeah Yeah. when you when you get outside of what seems to be a legitimate interpretation Mm -hmm. then yeah that's a different discussion right that's why we go back to the nicene creed but i I think you're right you're you're right you're kind of honing in on that point of um you know being humble enough to say you know i could be wrong about some of these things Mm -hmm. i think the major problem that some people might have with the view that i articulated is the inclusion of the roman catholic faith Mm -hmm. in that fellowship yep because we have such a different view on justification, which is a like a first order mm-hmm. um, issue, justification by faith. And what's your response to that? Um, my response is I've made I've made this my um, my draw. I've drawn the line here at Nicaea. If someone else wants to draw it in a different place. I don't have a problem with that. I'm willing to err on the side of inclusion of you know. Uh, people the the division didn't happen until you know 10 1049 1050 1054 i think 74 yeah so i would rather be inclusive in fellowship of those people who we have a thousand years of fellowship with <laughs> before this um point of division sure. when the roman catholic church the western and eastern church split um, and as a matter of fact, 1500 years of fellowship because the Protestant Catholic yep. division didn't take place until, you know, the 1500s. So yep. I guess in honor of those 1500 years, <laughs> you trend I'm towards okay. I'm cool Catholics. Yeah, I'm OK. So so all that to say, yeah, Tim Keller, 
Presbyterian? Yeah. Was that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Presbyterian. So probably more areas of agreement with an EFCA church than Catholic, but yeah. also not EFCA. So we're going to find some things that you and I probably disagree with that he would say. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, he's going to take some firmer stances on things that the free church has just decided to not take a definite stance on. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be reflected in the catechism and we'll probably bat those things around. And Yeah. Um, but let me just ask you about this one, this first question. What is our only hope in life and death that we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ? Um, does that answer provide hope? Uh, yes. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because if I am my own, then I'm screwed. <laughs> I would be like the. I, so I like. So in the catechism, it has like highlighted parts that are like if you're teaching it to a kid, and yeah. that was what I quoted first was what is our only hope in life and death that we are not our own but belong to God. Yeah. I just think that's so like beautifully poetic and yeah answers a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't have a lot more like theology to give you on that. I just think it's very comforting to know that mm -hmm. I am not my own. I, I love the word belong here. I don't know if that's the word that really speaks to you, but it, it feels very different than saying we are not our own, but we are owned body and soul. Uh, the, the idea of ownership is here, but the idea of belonging, I think is something that meets, uh, meets us at like a, a comfort level, something mm -hmm. that we really need to know that we belong someplace in this world. Right. I mean, that's both comforting and it's challenging because if we belong and we don't belong to ourselves, if we, we belong to God, there's responsibilities that go along with that. Yep. So it's like, this is both comforting and challenging. Um, yeah. Good start to the year. Yeah. Good start to the year. <laughs> we'll take on question two next time, which is what is God? <laughs> See you next week. Bye.